This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 320, recorded on July 27th, 2017. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we favor we cover all your favorite tech gadgets as they find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios in beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. The heat has moved away, and as I look at the weather coming up here for the next week or so, we're in the mid-80s all week, low humidity. So we have a lot to look forward to if you're living here in, in the Omaha area. Edward is as well, and so he's going to enjoy it along with me. Of course, we post the show with world-class show notes, and we'll have some good notes for you this week. Uh, some links you'll want to look into out at, uh, out at the website, theaverageguy.tv. You can join us live on our mobile app as well. Uh, easiest way to get those buttons is just go head out to the, the uh, homegadgetgeeks.com, and there's big buttons for both iPhone and Android. Great way to listen to the show. On the road, uh, stream it. It's great, a little app. You don't have to find us anywhere else, so get it at homegadgetgeeks.com. Don't forget, we're going commercial-free both on YouTube and on Spreaker, and so if you go to either one of those sites, we've shut the ads off. Speaking of shutting the ads off, Amazon shut my ads off today. I do not know what I'm doing wrong with them, but that second account I had created, uh, you guys had used, they closed it down today. So let, I'm, I'm done with Amazon. So we have a Patreon link, theaverageguy.tv. If you want to support the show, you don't need to, but if you want to, head out to theaverageguy.tv, look for the Patreon link. Actually, by getting rid of those Amazon ads, it moved up the jukebox player. And so maybe it makes the site look better anyway. So screw you, Amazon. And we, uh, they, you know, not supporting the show anymore. So we appreciate your, your use of the Patreon account that's out there. Don't forget, don't forget. Lots of great content. We love to communicate with you. If you have any questions, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv or track me down on Twitter at Jay Collison. All right. Edward Weniger is back with us today from Alpha BTC. Uh, Edward has been a good friend of the show and uh, always comes on when we have good Bitcoin or blockchain news. Not the same thing. Not Bitcoin, not blockchain. Not you t- Edward, you have taught me a lot about this. Welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Thanks. Good to be here. Good to have you out on the deck. This is you're living. This is this is living out on the deck. It's a beautiful night. I just mentioned the weather is pretty beautiful. You're super comfortable out on the deck. Weather's great tonight. Hopefully, it won't get too dark before we're done. Yeah, hopefully not. It's yeah, beautiful night though. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Mike and I. Let me let me start the show. Mike Weger and I have been talking about. I was dig right into the blockchain. So uh, Mike and I have been talking about this service called Storage. It looks like Store J S T O R J. They pronounce it storage. It's really kind of distributed storage uh, where they they have um, blockchain-like uh, storage capabilities where it's distributed around. You have some software that you run on your PCs. The, they send you these shards of data that you store. And for storing and the bandwidth, You they, they exchange it for the storage coin, so to speak. And, uh, and so you can earn these coins and it's kind of worth some money. And it was interesting. We've been talking about it. Mike and I made a video about it. We've had a lot of problems with their software. And so we actually pulled, we did a home tech tip. So we actually pulled that video down. We just didn't want anybody, uh, we didn't address those problems in the video. And so we just didn't want anybody jumping in there. So if you've been following us along on this or you thought you were going to try it, uh, we've had some trouble with the software. One, it locked up my, my OnHub router. Um, the table, it fills up the table space. There's a there's a database in there. It fills up as it's doing its thing, and it just took my router down. We experienced that problem three weeks ago on Home Gadget Geeks when I, my bandwidth just kept chunking, and uh, we traced that back to kind of, so we got a little work to do there. And then the longer Mike ran it, the more unstable the system became, and he, he thinks maybe as it gets more and more shards, you know, these little bits of data, and they're storing them that the software gets really, really unstable. And so we've just both pulled it down. We pulled the video down. We're not saying don't do it. It's kind of interesting. And I, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of get back to it, Edward, in a second. I'm going to ask you, you know, there's a competitor to this, so we're going to talk a little bit about it. But if you've been following Mike and I, we, we just wanted to say, mm, uh, buyer beware. On do it at site. your own risk, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's at your own risk right now. And it's kind of fun if you can isolate it on the system. If you control your own router, some of those kinds of things could be kind of cool. But we run into the problems. Uh, we just wanted to let you know. Edward, you had said there's maybe a competitor to this storage. Do you, did you find it? Yeah, so there's there's actually a few, and I don't... Uh, the one I'm most familiar with is MadeSafe. They're kind of the most you know longest uh, standing, and, and uh, they actually came before storage, I believe. 
um, around the same time, maybe. And then the other one that's, uh, there's also one called Swarm and SIA, uh, S-I-A. But Made Safe, I'd say, is worth checking out. M-A-I-D-S-A-F-E. So. Made Safe. And I did see that SIA, S-I-A, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. saw that one as, as I was searching around. Yeah. Um, in the case of, like, storage, there there's a coin associated, right? They have a, they have a coin associated kind of with the That's service. Right. And can you mine yeah. that just like you mine? Or well, no, none of us can do it anymore. But, like, you mine Bitcoin? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that how that works? So, so we actually own a little bit of that, um, and the work versus proof of stake is one of the critical, you know, underpinnings of of how uh, blockchains work and and the difference between different uh, coins. But anyway, so so I don't know off the top of my head which whether they're proof of work or proof of stake. But essentially, um, uh, you could, if they're proof of stake, especially, you could just run the program and be a part of that network, yes, and earn some money for it, yes. Yeah, well, certainly with storage, the 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 goal is to earn their coin by uh, you know uh, having sh- these shards on your computer and you know uh, putting those together. I was just uh, you know it's interesting. I've been watching a few videos. There's a lot of videos out there on how to make mining rigs at this point, you know, yeah. and they're all just jammed up with video cards and some some really interesting configurations going on for the average consumer i i, I kind of get the impression like i think we've talked about this in, in later in, in earlier shows for the average consumer mining is pretty much over right i mean you really can't I would, mine yeah i would i would focus on i would find if you want to make a little money and dabble in this i would find a good proof of stake coin and just run the run the node on there whether it's storage or something even if you don't use use storage you install the program and you know serve their purposes and make a little money and uh for your computing power the uh but we actually are uh in the process of um building some ethereum uh mining rigs to uh sell actually so the goal is we're gonna actually do all the heavy lifting for you and have a have a turnkey product that if somebody wanted to buy a miner they could buy it from us so Hey, so you mentioned Ethereum. I was going to hold that till a little bit later, but um, Ethereum is one of those, I, I think, and you can correct me if I'm using the terminology wrong. It's kind of a competitor to Bitcoin. Uh, it's right another It's another coin type. Ethereum's run into some trouble. Most recently, we've seen a wallet get compromised and a large amount of money yeah. kind of snuck out. Now, some, can you, well, I'll let you tell the story. Can, can you yeah. give us a little bit of the story of Ethereum? So there's two. So the the purpose of Ethereum was just essentially to make uh, coding on the blockchain easier, which Bitcoin it was not as simple um, as Ethereum has tried to make it. And then even since then, there's another one that's come out called EOS, which is actually supposed to be even uh, more simplistic than Ethereum. So Ethereum, you know, we, I think most people probably heard about the DAO DAO hack from a while back. That truly was a failure in the smart contract system mainly in the, in the means of somebody wrote ba- a bad contract and, and their money got taken, a lot of money. And so then Parity recently was hacked. Now, again, that was a, a code hack, but not necessarily an Ethereum flaw, um, but that was just somebody built a wallet that, that people use for Ethereum and that, that wallet was um, something in there was uh, uh, penetrated. Um, and then finally, the um, the other recent one, there was a, a, a initial coin offering, an ICO, which you hear and read about a lot. And an ICO, actually, uh, from my understanding, they they took they used a WordPress site to do the ICO. So they were selling all these coins using WordPress, and somebody hacked their WordPress site, changed the address that all the coins were going to, and so the hacker got all of the coins that people thought they were sending to buy these uh, tokens, and so. That again was not an Ethereum uh, bug; it was uh, just a WordPress hack, straight out. So. Yeah. So what you what you're telling me is all these problems with Ethereum wasn't the led wasn't the ledger wasn't the blockchain itself. It was everything that surrounds the service of that blockchain. And in one case, it was a bad wallet. It was a wallet that could be yeah, compromised. Exactly. There's an interesting story to that, I think, in that. Once they figured out the wallets were being compromised, they went in the the there this kind of these white hack or white hat hackers went in and cleaned out all the other wallets. I, may, I might be making this too simple, but they cleaned yeah. out all the other wallets that had this compromise, and so they wouldn't get stolen. Yeah, hacked them away, right? And then the 
wallet was fixed and forked and a new version of it came out. And then they've been, since that, this was maybe spring, since that they've been putting these coins back in accounts, right? Is that, is that an accurate? Yeah, I don't know what the, the I don't know what the, if, how they were returning them and who they decided to return them to, but that's my understanding of the situation as well. Um, but it, it brought back a lot of the memories from the, the DAO and, and there was, People are actually bringing up the topic of should we do something with the Ethereum blockchain again to roll back those, you know, whatever, $60 million or whatever. That it was, was a lot, right? I mean, it was a pretty big breach. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and and there's still some bitterness in the community about whether they should, you know, that's where ETC and ETH came from. There are now two Ethereum uh, blockchains because of what happened back then. And so uh, it, it brings up a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about later with uh uh, forking and, and, uh, uh, which, you know, master chains and stuff like that. So Edward, just as we talk about this and we say, you know, there's bitterness in the system and there's like, uh, I think the average guy starts going, you know, who the hell's in control of like, you know, I've, we, we've got a bunch of, you know, if these kinds of decisions, mostly, you know, I think people are used to, and this goes way back to the very first time we talked most people are used to the government controlling the financial system. And, you know, over the last couple hundred years, it's been fairly stable, so to speak. We don't have these kinds of things, although that doesn't mean money hasn't been stolen and we haven't had those kinds of things happen, right? We, we, don't, we don't hear about it a lot, but there are thefts and things like that. But does that, in, in your line of work, you do this for a living. Does that concern you when you think about you need for your business, you want people to believe that blockchain is safe and secure and legitimate then we have these kinds of things does that hurt i think the um the simplistic way of looking at it is you have i guess it'd be more of like a uh, an open source versus closed source debate almost And if you consider the fed to be closed source like all this stuff's happening like the price is going up the dollar is going up and down but they just print more money when they need to, and then the price is stable. And so, so it's happening. You just don't see it that way. Now it's out in the open, and there's discussion amongst hundreds of people to decide to make these decisions. But at the end of the day, you could go and, and fork the Bitcoin code yourself right now, and you could create your own Bitcoin. The question is, how many followers do you have? Who trusts you? And who are you going to invite into that circle to make those decisions and, and build the, build the uh, uh, code with you? So. What what are the communities like? You've mentioned this, uh, you know, and, and I, I referenced in the pre-show. I listened to the, the most recent, um, ver, uh, the most recent um, edition show of Radio Lab is called the Ceremony. And if you're interested in this at all, you should go out there and listen to that that edition of Radio Lab. It's interesting. But you mentioned trust and community. Who like so we think of Ethereum and it's, maybe it's got a couple different forks. I mean. Who are around these communities? How do they get formed? Just who decides? Is it just a matter of building? It's like building a social network. Somebody decides, hey, I'm going to create a fork or I'm going to create my own coin. I'm going to gather people around me. By the way, this was not unlike this in the in the eighteen in the in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, with banks, where the richest guy in town would start the bank. So, uh, you know, want to be real clear. I mean, we we don't think of that today, but is that kind of the way it works? Yeah, and even, you know, I'm, I'm watching Turn on uh, uh, Netflix or whatever, you know, it's about the Revolutionary War. And, you know, you think about, like, the, the South had their own monetary system and the North had their own monetary system. And then each state had their own monetary system in some cases. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is kind of a part of money, inherently a part of money. But, you know, Ethereum is a little different because it's not, uh, uh, it's it's younger. Um, it has a personality behind it, being Vitalik Buterin, who is the guy that actually started it. Um, versus Bitcoin, which which you know Satoshi's gone now, and so um, and so with Vidlak, you know he we everybody knows who he surrounds himself with, who his you know who his buddies are, the code, and so um, and and but then anybody can also go to the GitHub again and make uh, suggestions and submit fixes, and then they may or may not be accepted based on everybody else's you know the smart guys running the show based on their consensus and and if it meets you know it meets their goals and objectives, which really have not changed a whole lot from the beginning. Everybody's got a white paper, you know, so you can go and actually find out what they're trying to do. and so um, so yeah, with with again, going back to what's coming up soon is the that has really gotten into that's where the personalities have really come out because you've got you know especially, 
uh, you know, talking about communities, you got like the miners versus the exchanges and stuff like that. And like, who are the most, uh, who's got the biggest Twitter throttling might have, you know, a bigger influence in the community. Um, it's just, that's kind of part of the way things work, but it's not like DC where all this stuff's happening behind closed doors. It's pretty, pretty open. Yeah. But it's interesting. Still politics. You kind of think, Hey, it's Bitcoin or Hey, it's the blockchain and it's just numbers. And, you know, and then you go, well, no, you're building a community around this. And, uh, you know, I I often think you mentioned this a couple of times. I often think, Hey, blockchain, it's done. It's not, there's no future development, but you said a couple of times there's developers around this community doing things. What are those developers doing? I mean, the blockchain's set, right? Once you've gotten started, they're not continuing development on that itself, are they? Is it the surrounding software around it or what's being developed? What's continually being developed? Um, well, how the, how the code, uh, meaning how the nodes and the mining works, the calculations behind it, the algorithm, not the not necessarily the algorithms, but the, so if you consider, you know, if you think of the blockchain, just like the hard drive, I mean, you could always write a different application or change some of the code that accesses that same file system. And so the blockchain, you're right, that is pretty much set in stone. And there's only one blockchain, that is correct. Um, but then as far as uh, how different systems interact with that, those files, uh, that can be tweaked and adjusted. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been, that's kind of been its vulnerability to this point is those things around it, right? I think the last, you know, in a lot of cases, the things we're developing to access the blockchain have been the weak link. Would, that, yes. would, I, be, would I be right? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you could certainly, you've got bad actors, especially, or just bad coders. I mean, that's certainly the case, but I don't, I think the, uh, uh, apropos to what we're to, to the, the August 1st discussion is that the, um, that the, the, there are also improvements in that. I mean, we, would, we wouldn't want Satoshi to have just thrown out this code and nobody ever changes it. We want to see improvements. We want to see better ideas come in, things that he hasn't thought about. Um, and so, so there is going to be inherently, I think, some change no matter what, because hopefully code never just sits stagnant and doesn't get uh, improved upon. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Ethereum that we're talking about, we'll, we'll kind of wrap up Ethereum. I want to get uh, onto the Bitcoin sign because there, there's some more interesting stuff as there, there as well. But first of the year or so, we're talking, you know, in the, the tens of dollars and, and not even that, maybe $10 at the beginning of the year. Peaking uh, this year, um, probably, I'm trying to get the date up here. Uh, by the way, I'm at, I'm at Coinbase.com if you're following along, I have actually found that to be a really useful site to kind of keep track of what's going on from a pricing standpoint. They list both Ethereum, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. Now, we haven't talked about that. We'll, we'll, we'll hold that for another time. But um, uh, a, a nice way to track it, about $378 as of June 12th, uh, maybe close to its peak. It's at a, it's running at about 202 now. It, you'd have to be under a rock to not have heard about what's going on with Bitcoin. Um, and that, you know, we've had you on a couple times. I think the first time it was around 300. I think the next time it was around 600. Uh, it's been fluctuating between 1500 and 2500 over the last month or so. And I'd ask somebody, why? Like, why all of a sudden has it been doing it? And someone said, well, it's going to split. And I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> This is new. So, Edward, can you give us kind of an idea of the politics that's going on? You've alluded to the August 1st date a couple of times. So give us a little bit of backstory. What's going on with Bitcoin? Yeah. And the other site to also look at is coinmarketcap.com, I think it is. And uh, that's got all of the altcoins on there, the, a little more extensive list than what just Coinbase has. Um, so w- what's happening is the it's all we've mentioned this in previous podcasts it kind of goes back to the whole block size debate of you know you've got mastercard and visa that are churning out some you know seven thousand transactions a minute or something like that or a second and uh the blockchain can only handle uh seven transactions per second or something there's no there's no comparison really and so uh, inevitably you know for years now and again going back to how did decisions get made? It's been talked about for years. People knew that something was coming, that something was going to either have to change or there were going to be some people that moved on to different blockchains or did something different than um, Bitcoin. So finally, um, the you know through the, the various, there's conferences, there's uh, meetups, there's uh, uh, different um, debate, you know, places to debate and present your ideas. And finally, a few people presented ideas that enough people agreed upon and thought, yeah, this is a viable option. And so they um, uh, they were they, they took those ideas and ran with them. 
uh, worked on them on testnet, which is the, um, you know, which is just basically the, the dummy environment or demo environment for Bitcoin and, uh, ran through, you know, all sorts of QA and such. And so, um, those, those parties ultimately decided. And, and when I say parties, we're talking about, again, some of the biggest miners, some of the biggest exchanges, um, some of the, you know, I mean, some folks that just have made a lot of money in Bitcoin and so they can afford to throw their weight around and, and contribute to some of these efforts. Um, those parties have finally decided on some dates that this was, stuff was going to happen. And so that's what we're looking at now. Uh, so everybody had fair warning, heads up, everybody kind of knew it was coming. And so August 1st is um, what what happens is, and, and this gets really, uh, you know, like you talked about the bankers or, um, you know, or even if you're talking about like the, the um, IMB, like the um, uh, International, uh, uh, whatever, Monetary Fund, sorry, IMF. Uh, you know, how do these, who, who makes, who votes? And so uh, finally um, was kind of the deadline. And, and what happens is when you're voting on, on the blockchain, everybody from all over the world can vote as long as you have the right software. And so people that um, were voting uh, or people are now voting to decide whether the size that happened per second should be increased by increasing the size of a block essentially. So um, some people don't like that though. And so the alternative to not increasing the size of the block, the easiest way to say it is that if you don't increase the size of the block, the, the, the transaction fees have to go up because people are constantly trying to get to the head of the queue to get their transaction passed first. And so, um, so now everybody has almost overwhelmingly uh, voted that there should be something in terms of the size of the block should go up. And so, you know, um, the, the all the drama, while it may or may not have been good for Bitcoin, um, in, in terms of raising awareness, maybe the stories weren't the greatest because they were uh, somewhat dramatic. But all the all that uh, news and hype um, might turn out to be really nothing much at all because we might increase the size of the block. Everybody might agree and we might go on as usual, but it allows more capacity on the network now so we can transact faster and have more use cases as well. So, so a couple months ago, I say in my, if Mike Weger was here, he said on the podcast before he bought Bitcoin. I haven't. You, by the way, you told me you'd only come on if I bought <laughs> Bitcoin during the show. Not ready to do that, but thank you. I, it, it's awesome that we have this back and forth, man. I just really appreciate this. You being my friend uh, through all this, but um, Mike bought some. And I think he bought some at the 20, I think, you know, I'm going to say 23 or 2400 and it's moved around quite a bit. It dipped this last week. It dipped down to about 1700 and I, I gave him a call. You still feel good. <laughs> and yep. he was like, oh, well, it's come back up. Actually, by the time I got a hold of him, it had, it had come back up. But so I bought, I bought coin. I have to make a decision right now, right? By August 1st to, to keep it or move it or what, what are the decisions yeah. I have to make if I own Bitcoin? So the, so technically what is going to happen is differently, different than um, we'll say the logistics or the operational side of what's going to happen. So technically nothing is really going to change. Everybody has pretty much agreed that we're going to change the size of the block and we're going to keep the current block chain. Now, what what could happen is some people have talked about him and have actually started already to, um, to they did take the the blockchain and make their own version of it and they have released uh, Bitcoin Cash is what they're calling it um, now through this whole process there's you may or may not have heard of like uh, there's Bitcoin Classic that came out for a while that was talked about there's Bitcoin Unlimited that came out that was talked a while for a while and then there's Bitcoin Core which is what we have but but it appears that that will actually have some legs. Um, and so there is going to be uh, this Bitcoin Cash now, which you could switch over and say, I don't want to use Bitcoin Core anymore because I disagree with the decision that was made by almost the entire community. I'm going to go just roll over and just do Bitcoin Cash. That being said, if you own Bitcoin right now, you get, because the blocks are basically running in parallel, you do actually get Bitcoin Cash. So, so I don't know what the value of Bitcoin Cash is, but you could hold your Bitcoin Cash or you could just sell off. And the other day it was like $400. So you actually own, if you own Bitcoin Core right now, which is what pretty much everybody owns, you own your $2,500 Bitcoin Core and you own your $400 Bitcoin Cash. It's essentially 
deflating the current, not deflating because they're, they're running next to each other. So you, you've added value to what your holdings are. But the question is, is Bitcoin Cash ever going to do anything? It could drop to a penny of Bitcoin Cash, uh, uh, BCC. Um, and so then you're basically, you've got nothing. But there are some pretty strong personalities in the in the discussion that uh, are holding fast to Bitcoin Cash. And hopefully, I'm hoping that it takes off and I've got double the money, essentially. Who will accept that or where I can store that is a different question. Um, I could just hold it in a wallet in my safe and I could sell it in 100 years and or 50 years and at, for whatever price it is then. I might not ever do anything with it, but now I have this additional asset. So so let me let me make sure I heard you right. Okay, yeah. so it, it's on both. So if I had, if I bought one Bitcoin for $2,500, so that's, let's just, yep. it's pretty, well, it's a 2,700 right now. Let's just say, yeah. so I bought it for 2,700. You're saying I have both $2,700 worth of Bitcoin and uh, $400, let's say it's 500 500 because the price went up $500 worth of, of the cash, the Bitcoin cash yeah. simultaneously yeah. has that led because of that, has that led this most recent run up? Is that why it's gone? Uh, you know, in the last couple months, I mean, it's, it's rocketed. Has that, is this leading to some speculation? No, um, no, the, the run up just, or if you're talking about just the past 24 hours, the run up, I think is because people have finally seen that everybody's agreed. So all these votes mm-hmm. are obviously public. And so now everybody's saying, okay, everybody's agreed. We can all breathe a sigh of relief because for a while there, it was a really iffy um, because the hard fork could have been contentious and then everybody could have been ticked off at each other and it could have been this whole, you know, headbutting. Um, so yes, but if you if you don't buy before August 1st, you are correct. Now you've got to decide, am I going to buy Bitcoin Cash or am I going to buy Bitcoin Core? So now is the ideal time to log into Coinbase <laughs> and pick yourself up a Bitcoin. So, because um, you will own both. Yes. Wow. Wow. And then I would just or hold that. it. I could so, just hold yeah. it and see what happens, right? I mean, I, it yeah. could August yep. 1st, once it's settled, it could settle back down. I mean, there's value here. So it could settle back down into... It, it twenty at twenty seven hundred is Bitcoin valued where it should be. You had a mathematical when we talked. You were like, "This is kind of where it should be." Is it overpriced right now, or is it where it should be? I think my my expectations are going to be um, uh, too small. I think I, I don't think I was. I, I you know when I'm talking in the public and stuff, I don't want to be one of the guys like you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, John McAfee was saying it's going to be five hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin, um, and so I just tried to make it somewhat tangible or somewhat, you know, palatable to most folks, and just say, but so, I, but I, I think my my estimations were probably I I had said fifteen grand at the end of the mining, which was twenty one forty, and so that was um, and that was kind of based on the existing chart, but as things pick up, I just think it's going to get kind of crazy. So the I'll add one caveat to what we've talked about so far because. And it gets into some advanced stuff, a little bit advanced. If you own, if you buy Bitcoin on Bitcoin on Coinbase, if you don't take it off of Coinbase, if you don't take your private keys in your possession, you really don't have that chance to own both. So you're, if you buy it on Coinbase and you just go through August first, not making any changes, you've kind of lost your opportunity to get this Bitcoin cash. But the reason, the other thing I was going to say is the reason they did that, or part of the advantage, and it just is. Uh, I mean, it makes sense for them from a marketing perspective, if you will, is that they wanted to make sure as many people as could, could come over to the dark side, you know, could get onto Bitcoin Cash with no loss or no conversion. Um, obviously, they knew what they were doing is they were doubling the entire economy, essentially. Um, if they were both 2,700, they've doubled the value of the, the entire Bitcoin uh, market cap. But uh, so that being said, if you buy on, Bit- on Coinbase for that purpose, you've got to download the, the um, Bitcoin wallet. Um, to your computer and get your private keys if you want to take advantage of that. So I would purchase, say I purchase tonight, I make I, I make the purchase on Coinbase, then I download that to my wallet locally, yep. have it available to me, print it out, whatever whatever yep. I need to do to make sure I, I have it. And I think I opened, when we did storage, I, I, I created a wallet there as well. Yeah, it's probably just a storage wallet okay. to own your to hold your yeah, storage. I think that's I t- I think I created a an Ethereum wallet that would allow okay. them right to be able to give me a code that I could then redeem those coins yep. for storage. If I did a if I did it on Coinbase, I would also create a wallet. They I think I've already have right. I would I would yes, create a wallet there. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I already have one. So, so how much, how much ether did you make off of the, the nothing? Cause I couldn't get it stable enough <laughs> uh, okay. to, to actually right. produce anything. There's some rules around, you know, how much you have to have. And, yeah. and it was, uh, it was taking down my home network. And yeah. so it was kind of, now I can't prove that. So I should be careful. I'm not, <laughs> but it was, it was at the same time I was having, you know, router trouble at the same time I was just starting to run. And since I've removed it, I've had no problems. So you kind of, you know, you put two and two together and it's okay. I mean, it's, it's experimental. We're trying this thing. Those guys, it's, it's, it's storage uh, behind this. They've had their own drama uh, in their letting their CEO kind of, I think he has kind of departed um, and, and some other guys have stepped in and, and um, so it has been, it's interesting. There's, it is a little bit, feels a little bit like the wild, wild west. In well, the, the SEC actually going and another layer of drama and, and and something that, you know, in terms of with all the bad news that's come out, you know, Ethereum, I think, has taken a hit from some of the, you know, some of the, the stuff that's been going on. And, and I think just people that's just because people have a it's it's a heightened people's impression of Ethereum as a, maybe a, a more vulnerable or uh, newer technology. But in terms of Bitcoin, with all the bad press that the, the price has not really gone down significantly i think the 1800 dollar mark that we hit the other day was um because of the fear of what was going to happen august 1st that was kind of before the the voting really started and so people thought man this could be bad news um but you know the the sec actually came out the other day and specifically around the dow hack of a year ago or six months ago or whatever the they actually said their findings were they shouldn't have the DAO should not have ever existed because it was did not meet regulatory hurdles. It was they're basically selling stocks and they shouldn't have been. And but we're not going to do anything about it. You guys are you already learned your lesson by losing your seventy five million dollars. But that that being said, they are the SEC is starting to observe the wild wild west and think about maybe. Uh, guarding it a little closer, I guess. So Yeah. But but if we get government regulation in on this, does that not remove some of the the open spirit of it? I mean, doesn't it just turn that into a kind of another government shadow industry? Yeah. The I mean the, it's kinda like could the government ever take down WikiLeaks? I mean it's you know, like even if they choose to do it, I mean, you know, you see hopefully they'll only take down the bad actors. Hopefully they won't ever come out and take down like you know, but you could have legitimate, you know, upstanding coders have their doors kicked in in the middle of the night because they issued a token. And like, I don't think the SEC wants that on their, uh, on the news, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, in, in the, you've, you've, you've mentioned the term bad actors a couple times and we have to remember in every system there has been this and, you know, there was the junk bond test a time in the eighties when, you know, it looked legit and people invested tons in it. And a lot of people made a lot and a lot of people lost a lot in that. And we, we kind of forget that that existed. We, you know, we've mentioned the banking system in the United States uh, from 1850 to 1950. Well, it's probably too long in 1950, but maybe from 1800 to 1900 in those hundred years, it was pretty crazy here. And, and even the starting the federal reserve system before that, and it's, it's was not smooth sailing in our financial system always in, in our, we we have seen unprecedented stability in the United States over the last seventy or eighty or ninety years, and so we're kind of we kind of think, oh, it's always that way, but it hasn't always been. Right? Yeah, I mean, even just I mean, the news today of, or yesterday or whenever of like Amazon, you know, potentially you know being a one trillion dollar company. I mean, why does that happen? Why is that even possible? It's because the dollar is not the same as the dollar was, you know, a hundred years ago, like that. And so you wonder, like, how did we get here? And so. Oh, you you just had to drive it in with Amazon, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> Amazon! They're making money and they're cutting me out. Oh, but I, I watched I watched the uh, I watched the Big Short the other day about the housing market, you know, subprime mortgages and stuff like that, and 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 a lot of the concepts and things that were happening there of you know people speculating, gambling on, you know, they were just taking guesses basically, and that kind of reminded me of like the the ICOs, the initial coin offerings, and like some of them go under, some of them don't. And, so, yeah. yeah, I think if you're if you go in eyes wide open and we said this before, I think if you go with eyes wide open and realize that this there is some speculation in this, there is some there's no guarantees. It is a, it does have value unless everybody decides to cash out. 
it you right i mean that could happen yep. it's happened before yep. it's happened it in plenty of times over the over the last couple hundred years yep. as we think about the financial markets um you know there has been speculation on uh, on a variety of things and you know gold and they they they've had their runs and they've had their crashes and um i mean shoot it wasn't that long ago if you bet in oil you were doing well and then you weren't yep. <laughs> oil prices have not been very good uh, yeah. as of late, which is weird to think, but anyways, so, okay. So I'm Coinbase today. So Uyghur needs to, he needs to doubt, he needs to get that money into his wallet, right? That's is right, he, yeah. is he technically selling it when he puts it into his wallet or nope. is, okay. He's going to pay a couple of dollars to transfer it from one account to the other account, but he is uh, not, he's not selling it. No. Okay. So it sits in his wallet. We're going to go through the, the August 1st, Yep. Transition. There's going to be some code deployed. Some things are going to happen. It probably won't be as smooth as everybody's hoping it is, but it will go through. Then what? What do I do next? Well, how yeah, long so do I wait? What is, how does that work? There's an article. I will try to send it to you um, to put in the notes. There's an article that addresses this specifically of what you're going to actually do is because you own your private keys, you own your, you know, the passwords for your account, essentially. Um, what you're going to do is take that, take that private key um, from what I understand, you can't do it on the same computer. You have to do two separate computers. You're going to take that private key over here, and you're going to open, and you're going to have those Bitcoin over here in this wallet, which is the old Bitcoin wallet or the whatever the biggest Bitcoin wallet. Then you're going to take that same private key, go over to another computer, download the new wallet, and that same private key will work on that wallet as well. And so now you have this much Bitcoin core over here, this much Bitcoin cash over here. And then you could go out to an open market and choose to sell your Bitcoin cash or do whatever you choose to do with the Bitcoin cash. So, Is, is there any fear that there's been some speculative run knowing this was going to happen, that people have bought in to be able to sell on August 1st or, or whatever, and that with a massive sell, it'll, it will drive the market down? Yeah, I mean, I, I, those are all market dynamics that factor into it. I don't know how much so, but certainly, yes. Yeah. I mean, certainly people know that this is a this is the case and everybody's going to get these coins if they play it right. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be for, for some, they might want to, uh, uh, because I could hold those keys. I don't have to, I don't have to create that. Is there a time limit? Nope. No. Okay. So I could hold the keys in my wallet, yep. wait for the right time and and yep. bring those back over and they're going to buy and it's it's the keys aren't value they're coin right they're not a dollar amount they're a coin amount is that right yeah so the the key says that you hold a you own a wallet and that wallet could have one coin in it or it could have a hundred coins in it or a fraction of a coin or a fraction yes okay. mm -hmm. yep. yeah so it's coin based so in theory <laughs> if you're a smart consumer you would you would pull your wallet out at its highest point, wait for people to try and sell to make money and let. So in, in that sense, that will kind of hold the market at bay a little bit because people are going to try and get the lowest price, but that may hold people back from actually selling because they're waiting for the price to dip because that would yep. be the value, right? Your, yeah. yeah. Your biggest risk in the whole thing is that Bitcoin cash, they give up at some point and the whole thing just goes belly mm -hmm. up. I mean, that is a risk that you, that Bitcoin, but, but it didn't cost you anything to get in. So you're not out anything really. And so, um, but yeah, the, the, if you want to look at a good example, you know, we mentioned the, the, um, the hard fork that, uh, Ethereum did, and then they, they now have ETH and they now have ETC. That's essentially the same thing that is happening with Bitcoin and Bitcoin cash. Um, you know, that being said, ETC, when they first split, it was worth a quarter and I totally missed that opportunity. And now it's worth $16. And, uh, so, um, yeah. So the price has gone up since that hard fork. And so you could say that might be a good model for what's going to happen. Okay. Some, something to watch for. Yeah. I don't think super scary. You know, even in, this is where people lose it financially. You know, even fractions of things are worth stuff. And, you know, we have, of course, you and I live in the town that Warren Buffett lives in. <laughs> and Warren Buffett has this thing, you know, Berkshire Hathaway. And the A shares are are hundred. Uh, I don't, I don't, what, what is that closing? Are they hundreds of thousands now? I think, yeah. right? And people are like, oh, I could never afford a share of that. Well, no, but you could still get a partial share and it'll still grow yeah. like, a, like a regular share does. And they kind of miss out on the percentages. That There may be some say in this, too, as we think about, you know, uh, yeah, Bitcoin does look pretty expensive at 2700 It's 2700 right now. It's been hovering for the last few minutes at that price. Um, that may seem like, well, I don't, I can't buy 27 but you can purchase 
a part or parts yep. of, of a coin yep. and, uh, and make it work that way. And the value will grow just as much because it's a percentage basis. So you could, uh, yeah, you could Coinbase or you can go to the Bitcoin ATM at Jones Brothers and uh, put, put some in cash in. It helps yep. you out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to, you've talked about this, if you have a portfolio, I mean, $1,000 out of your portfolio is probably not a significant amount to uh, mm-hmm. buy a portion of a Bitcoin and uh, um, see what happens, just hold it. So, yeah. yeah. Are there any, um, so speaking of that, as we think about portfolio and investment portfolios, are there, is there any way to, to bring Bitcoin in or are you aware of any funds or any, you know, any of these companies that do these mutual funds, whatever? Have they, has, is there any that have embraced Bitcoin where you can buy Bitcoin through the fund? Yeah. So the, um, the gray, oh, I can't remember this, Greylock, I believe it's Greylock Ventures has a um, ETF. Um, but the, the problem or the downside of that is there's a minimum. It's, you know, it's, I believe it's like 25 grand. You know, it's not, it's not a, probably yeah. not the best way to get into a small per, uh, uh, position. Um, but yes, you could buy that uh, ETF on the on the on a, the typical exchanges like the TDs and the um, Schwabs, um, and then. Uh, but the other problem with that is that it doesn't necessarily always track the price as well as you would like. Um, you don't. Am I? You you risk the upside, missing out on some of the yeah. upside because it is a little more steady. Well, fees associated with it. You have somebody else managing your money. I mean, it's not yeah. that difficult today. Like, and I, and I would count, I would still count Bitcoin as being very speculative. Yeah. And so, you know, this is going to be your highest or it fit into that very high risk category. If you're, yes, if you're treating this like an investment, right. And so um, it would be very, very wise to, to treat it that way. Yeah. But I think we're to a point where, you know that there are. I've I've spent money on more speculative stuff. I mean, I I, I put money on level three uh, <laughs> back in the day, uh, and of course, you know they're gone. CenturyLink has has purchased them, and those that stock went to zero. So there isn't that much difference. In fact, there may be more cases if you think of being in the stock market of things failing or it be going to zero or whatever than Bitcoin at this point or or the blockchain, let's say so to speak. These coins. Um, that are out there have have we seen uh have we seen many that have started and then gone oh, yeah. away oh yeah i mean either on purpose or because they just couldn't hack i mean you know, you've got coders that are trying to run a financial institution essentially and that, yeah. that doesn't play out so well um so but yeah i mean there's but on the other side of that you've got tezos which raised 235 million dollars uh, a month ago on uh by init- by offering a token so um so you know you those they're very well um supported by the venture capital community and by again a lot of smart people um it's not necessarily a fly-by-night token um so just pick and choose wisely and you can ask me if you have questions about one or something like that so yeah is is bitcoin the top at this point i mean if you were are they the most are they the most if someone was going to start is that where they start (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's the most, it's the least susceptible to the bad news. Like we talked about Ethereum. The, the, for example, the other day, um, when they took down Alphabay, they took down a, it was a dark website where people were buying and selling uh, illegal activities. The, um, the price of Monero, which we mentioned Monero and Zcash earlier. So Zcash and Monero are pretty similar in what they do. The price of Monero actually went up. And part of the hypothesis was that because all these folks were getting out of, they had to do something or find an alternative to, uh, to transact on the dark web. A Monero was basically what a bunch of people picked to use to buy and sell things on the dark web. Um, and so there's, there's those, there's the, those type of outside forces that makes the price a lot less stable. Coinmarketcap.com will show you market caps for all the, all the coins. And I would just stay, as long as you stay in the top five, top 10, I would really stay in the top five. As long as you stay in the top five there, like Litecoin and Ripple and stuff like that, you're pretty uh, you're pretty safe, I think, though. Ripple, and I haven't heard of that one, but Bitcoin, at Coinbase, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, those are the three that are listed. Yeah, there. are those three pretty good ones? If I yeah. were going to stay yeah. in, yeah, in the yeah. space. Yep. Okay. I would. I would. Those are all fine. I wouldn't. Yeah, for I me, mean, for the typical audience member, probably I would not deviate or go outside of that range. Yeah. yeah. What's well, I think it's. You know, if you're going to dip in a little bit, uh, dip your toe in the pool. I don't, you know, I don't know. You have, I like it more than going to the casino. 
you know, I like my odds a little bit more than yeah. that. And, yeah. uh, many of our listeners are probably not casino goers, but, but maybe they are. And, uh, and I, I like this. I, I mean, I've tried some of these, like I said, I had level three, I had red hat back in the day. I bought red hat at, I don't know, 25 when it first came out, maybe 40. And that went all the way up to 400. And then of course it came back, <laughs> you know, and it, this was the very first, this was the first version of the bubble of the internet bubble that we had back in 1999, 2000. If you just, I mean, the amount of, you know, the, the again, there the, are different things for different purposes. If you look at Bitcoin, why it's so big, it, you know, it has a lot of value to it. If you look at Ethereum, Ethereum is where you see more of the big names and the certain, uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, just did some stuff with Ethereum. Like you're seeing a lot more uh, involvement by some big companies with Ethereum, and I don't think they'd be in there if they weren't had some some confidence in in what it was and what it uh, how long it was going to be around. So, yeah. So, okay. Um, anything uh, when we think of this August first date and and just kind of the current state of coin? Anything else we should cover before we? I want to ask you about the general you know, the general condition of the blockchain and how it's being used out there. But um, anything else from a coin perspective? I, I think it's just important to remember that, you know, all this stuff is like, you know, you're, you're, like we've talked about a little bit already, like you're, you're getting into a lot of um, uh, economic policy stuff that is, you know, people deciding about, well, how, how, would, how does the market use the coin? How should the market use the coin? You know, these are things that, um, you know, that, that are, are new to a lot of people because a lot of people just pull out their wallet and, and pull out a dollar bill and you spend it and nobody really thinks about this stuff. And so uh, I, that, I love that. I love thinking about that stuff and um, I love talking about that stuff. And, but it's, um, it makes, it makes people think it makes people, you know, step outside a little bit sometimes to learn about, you know, how money works and, and why it has the value it has. And so the other thing about um, the change, one of the, not only the voting for them when, but there were a couple of votes involved. But, but some of the stuff that it's going to allow them to do potentially um, is that there uh, there's things called side chains. And so not only could the, the block size potentially increase to allow more traffic on the Bitcoin network itself, but you now have the ability that you didn't necessarily have before um, to to run your own private um, uh, transaction pool like visa could now run a visa side chain they do all their transactions and essentially they're settling at night and this really wasn't easy or feasible or doable up until this point and so uh, that's something that you're probably going to read about if you're reading articles on the august 1st uh, uh, date um, and so it's exciting um, there's a lot of it's still a hot topic among among folks, but the um, but that is a major change that could be coming as well to Bitcoin to expand the uh, economy and who the players are in there and then what they're doing with it. Yeah, yeah. So it adds more functionality. This split will help add additional yep. functionality for more players to participate in a more flexible way, and, and I should say more players, but allow some additional functionality yep. to do some things. Right. The split does not. The split could go. The split could not ever happen. Like everybody could just play along on Bitcoin Core and just do what they're doing. What the code does, the code, the code changes are what allow the side chains to uh, be in existence now, essentially. Um, but I think, and then you know, going back to your your uh, your blockchain based the um, the blockchain based podcast, the the thing I was looking for is the interplanetary file system is what it is and mm -hmm. and the other the other day i bought um there was an artist uh it's a bj his name is his uh moniker is rac um and he uh he was the first one to sell an entire album on the blockchain itself so i i bought the album with ethereum and then um he actually uh so I, and then i downloaded the album but when i was downloading it was coming from this interplanetary file system which i haven't done much research on yet but um, anyways, that's a, an interesting concept that I need to um, uh, figure out how to leverage or learn more about yeah. at least. And so well, we, were, I, we were joking. I need to find a way to make the blockchain the replacement for the RSS feed, so to speak. <laughs> and you could, in theory, I could provide a secure, that would be a secure method or a secure way for me, for people. I, we're, we're always thinking at Gallup, we're kind of thinking, you know, some, maybe some of this stuff is subscription-based where you would pay for to get access to it. And the blockchain may be, may hold the secrets, right? To me, be able to load an item 
and then have it paid for through Bitcoin or whatever yep. through the blockchain and be able to deliver that because it's a big database, right? At the end of the day, the blockchain is a big database. Is that fair to say? Um, it's a ledger that allows permissions on it to a database. Yes, I would. Yeah, that, yeah yes. there you go. So okay, yes. and that's those are the terms I know. Right. <laughs> so, yes. No, but it just it was it was interesting. I like a blockchain based RSS feed. Yeah, would be right. That those are, there would be transactions and there could be items and I could assign. There could be value exchanged for the download of a MP3. Yeah, so you could. I mean, yeah, I mean, the simplest, probably easiest, simplest first step would be. Let's start accepting, let's do it on the tra- traditional mechanisms, but let's just start accepting Bitcoin and Ethereum for our uh, Gallup subscriptions. Yeah, we've, we've been talking about the blockchain and uh, we're, not, we're not anywhere close to being using it, but, but there has been some discussion about it. I brought it up the other day when we were talking about our store and I jokingly said, so when are we going to start taking Bitcoin? And they all snickered at me and, yep. and I'm still, I'm, I'm always way too early on this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always yep. way too early. Ken had a couple comments from the chat room. One, one, he said, hopefully we get the unfiltered advice in the post show from you. Uh, you you have to be conservative while while you're in the real show. That's, I I don't I listen. I know Edward. He is. This is the way he is, whether he's on or off the record. So, Ken, you're getting you're getting the best of Edward at this point. Uh, he also wants to know if you've heard of Burst Coin, Burst dot Coin mining. I, I've seen it on the exchanges. I haven't looked into it at all, though. Okay. He he says it uses uh, hard drive space. This is what we've been talking about, right? This is that. What you were referring to in no. what were the two words you used? Which State? one? No, when we were talking about mining coin, you said there's two ways oh, to do proof it. Of, proof of stake or proof of work. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I can check out first coin. Um, yeah, he said he said he's done it alongside of, of storage. So there's um, – Ken, we had an early discussion. I think you probably heard it early in the show that Mike and I had some issues with storage. We're going to explore some other ones. So maybe this is a conversation we can have kind of off the show, uh, those who are interested in doing this. I think there's some cool things around it. I don't think there's a future in it, but I think there's some cool things around distributed storage. And and you don't think uh, you don't need a future in storage, like that type of design. Not distributed. No, I don't. But, but BitTorrent lasted for years and years and years. No, it's out there and it has its purpose, but is there a future in it? I think, um, in other words, is there a, is there a financial future in it? Bit, uh, bit torrents work marginally well when it comes to financial transactions that, you know, there's no legitimate system out there that's running off of them. That is kind of, that I would say is kind of recognized as a way to everything is kind of, when you're talking about the dark web and we think about BitTorrents, in the mo- in mo- in a lot of cases, that's the way it runs. Um, I'm talking about so storage has this great promise that it wants to compete directly with Amazon. See, all of a sudden now you have a business case, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes kind of sense. Now we've talked about this before. Walla tried this. Uh, Lassie, the company, a French company, French storage company, created a product called Walla, and it was just. It was standard, uh, you know, standard file system storage. They broke it up into chunks and spread it, distributed. The problem is, is the big businesses don't go for that. They won't, you know, the, the people who pay the bills are not going to allow their data to be sharded, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a little pun there. And then um, spread all over, you know, as fertilizer, spread all over. They're just not going to allow that. They want complete control of every file system. So the big money today is in that there's small the, stuff going on but go ahead challenge me. i mean isn't that the i mean google's google's data centers are built that way right now They're, i mean the chunks the data is chunked up and spread yeah. out across the entire so i think if you have the the enterprise folks are gonna are gonna do a, a private blockchain but it might make more sense um uh, economically or resource wise to just to to, to um to to uh, design it that way for a different reason as long as they control all the servers and they control all the systems that it's running on and so um yeah, so yeah it might no not one, be public no one at google has access like i don't uh, i don't have access to the google servers there's a there's an sla or an agreement that those are yeah. protected now a hacker could but but right those that data is sitting on a google server somewhere controlled by google but the difference, I think the the reason you're going to do this, at least in the non-enterprise level, is because of uh, more of like a libertarian 
play sure. of like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, but, but in the, um, it, in the enterprise arena, I think the question is, well, if this is the best practice for Google and we have, you know, we've got hard drives that each have a hundred meg or hundred gigs worth of space on them across the entire enterprise. Why are we buying more servers? We could use that extra space. We're not going to just pop a word file on your, on your, on your, uh, hard drive, but we will put a shard of a word file on your hard drive. So, yeah. Uh- so I, I like to I'd like to believe that. So twenty years ago, I started working with Seagate Software that made that did reports, and they were one of the very first companies. They became they had they owned Crystal Reports at the time, and they had this concept of being able to run distributed reports. Because in the day, like nineteen ninety nine two thousand, you ran data. You know, you'd run a report against a database. It could take hours for it to run, and if you had a single server running these, right, you would queue them up, and you were you were bandwidth your I/O right was the limiting factor. They also too had some software you can install on the PCs around the company, really? and it would it would push those reports off to a PC that you left on, well, and it would run that report overnight and bring it back to the server. Right. So this is 1999 distributed. It's an awesome idea. There's nobody wants to do it though. It's like system administrators are like, um, okay, what if that person doesn't leave their computer on? Like, what if there's a power failure in that? In that, I can't control. I can't walk around and turn on 25 PCs, right? I can control everything in my data center. So I think by, uh, and I have a lot of sysadmins that listen to the show, so I better be careful. You can send me an email, Jim, at theaverageguy.tv if you disagree. But, and it's okay. I'm, I wouldn't die for this one. But most sysadmins want, they're control freaks, and they want complete control over the entire environment. And so that data is going to live on, you know, and they're not going to flood the network. And now that we've gone global uh, and we, we see more and more, you know, hours, uh, you know, where, where businesses have more things running for more hours and people in at different times, it just doesn't become efficient. And so I love the idea. Like we were talking about SETI at home uh, last yeah. week, and I, I even started a Home Gadget Geeks SETI at home project. So if you're, if you are running, it's a good time to mention it. If you're running SETI at home or any of those, Mike started another one. I forget what he, he does another version of that on Bonic, but um, so if, so if you're running SETI at home and you want to join the, the home gadget geeks, uh, I've got a, I've got a group for that. I love Edward, that, that idea of distributed networking for these kinds of things where this is kind of a nonprofit. And if I don't process the file, nobody really cares. No one's going to knock on my door and say, Hey, return your file, you know? Um, I love it for those kinds of community projects and that kind of stuff, but for storage, uh, I'm a little skeptical. But 20 years ago, nobody thought that enterprise would ever be in the cloud either because cloud was public and scary. And so, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're right. Except we hold, there's only three companies that we hold the feet to the fire on this cloud storage stuff for the most part. Right. And so there's a, there's a limiting, there's kind of a limiting, I, Hey, I hope you prove me wrong in some ways that we could find a way to distribute this. I just don't see that trust. Now I do see that could work if we could distribute, if the, if the consumer could take that on and I could get cheap offsite storage, or this is, and this is what Lassie tried to do with voila, where they tried to get people to back up. They tried to get people to do this mm-hmm. and the people would, it, you know, if I gave two gig, uh, worth, they would give me a gig of storage on that network. So yeah. two for one deal, right? I give two gig of space here. I get one gig of backup in the cloud. I actually think that's a great idea. It didn't work mm. for whatever reason. Could have been too early. Could have been execution. Could have been their Java. You know, the they had a little Java file or a little Java um, app that ran it was terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, it could have been that too, right? So, yeah, I agree um, that it's, I mean, it, it might not even be files that we wind up sharding everywhere. Like enterprise might decide they want to do something else differently that we haven't even thought about right now that um, instead, but it is certainly a different way of thinking about things. And I understand sysadmins wanting everything in a database on a single server somewhere. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, I think generally they do. I, I have to be careful about making, you know, big, but I just, I think that Ted actually in our, who's out in our chat room right now, the founder of System Administrator Appreciation Day, which just happens to be July 28th, 2017, which is tomorrow. So happy uh, System Administrator Day to all those sysadmins that listen. Chances are you're listening to this after the fact. So I hope you had an awesome Friday. Ted, thanks for doing that work, by the way. He got that. Ted, how long ago? He's in our chat room. How long ago? I'm trying to remember. 
it's been, um, and, and I think if you go to sysadminday.com, that has all the, uh, that has all the information that's, oh, 18th. So it's on his website, 18th annual sysadmin day. So happy, happy sysadmin. By the way, we appreciate you guys. I know you're grumpy with us all the time because we break your stuff and we get angry when it doesn't work and some of those kinds of things. But uh, we appreciate you guys um, in the enterprise and, and maybe even not in the enterprise. Okay. Uh, let's do real quick. Uh, any any other relevant blockchain news, um, Edward? That that we can cover here real quick of things that people might want to know as it gets dark on you outside. It's great <laughs> you have a little light coming on you now. <laughs> um, I yeah, I mean, I think we've covered pretty much everything that's the current, and um, you know, so we I'd like to do you know if you want to do a show on um, on the Ethereum rigs, the mining equipment once we get it up and running, that might be. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you really want to look at a I bunch do. of equipment, but I, I mean, do. Yes. Right. Yes, right. I do. That would be awesome. These guys right. would like it. So right. when you're ready, just contact me and we'll, right. we'll get you back on and maybe we can get in a spot where it can be a little hands on and you can show some of the stuff. Yeah. Or whatever. Office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be great. I love, yeah. These guys geek pretty hard over hardware. Right. So it's um, yes, we yeah. would love to. Okay. We, we would love. Um, yeah. Hold on. So I told you in the beginning of the show, my friends on this show, the wall it yeah. just wrapped up. And so. I said, so tell me how much she wants. She's won. I, I've had a hard time watching this because she's she's so close to me, and it's like, oh, I hope she won something. And she's. It looks like she's hugging. Oh wow, she won one hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. Wow, nice. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Well, that explains why all the landscaping was going in in her house. <laughs> Oh, well, congratulations, Jody. She does not listen to this podcast. So I'm, I am pretty <laughs> sure that, uh, uh, she'll, she will never know. I actually uh, disclosed that. So, uh, but it's public TV, right? I mean, it was just on TV. I'm okay saying that Edward, thank you for, for on short notice. And with this, I think we've got a good, we, it, it really helped me kind of walk through the week with this happening on the first, which um, here is coming up on next Tuesday. Um, is there a time? Is there like a certain time or does. I don't matter? remember off the top of my head. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. So <clears throat> is now the time you buy, buy your uh, first uh, portion of Bitcoin? I think I'm going to do it this weekend. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to wait. Hold on. Let's just check the price during the show. We've been, <laughs> we've been 26 99. It's a dollar cheaper than it was <laughs> when we started the show. So it's a deal. It's actually, it's even worse than that. It's 47 cents less uh, than it was. <laughs> oh, hey, I appreciate, uh, Edward, I appreciate your your willingness to, it's a serious business for you. And and uh, I appreciate you, you coming on and, and just kind of filling us in on this. You've been, you've been a good friend to us as we've uh, worked our way through it. And uh, you're, you're now the, like the official home gadget geeks, Bitcoin <laughs> and blockchain expert here at well, I- uh, I'm glad you're interested. I'm glad you're interested. Your audience is interested, and uh, certainly reach out if they have any questions. They can uh, go to our website, and um, they can contact us through that. So, yeah, we got a couple questions. We'll get to in the post show. So hang tight. Let me all right. let me wrap this up for time time purposes. Can you stay around for five or ten more minutes? Would that be yeah, all right? For sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's it's you should you should start smoking a cigar out there now. You're it's dark <laughs> and it's beautiful out there. It looks super nice. Are, is it is it nice out there right now? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the temperature is, but yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, it's in the 80s, so it's it's just. Hold on, I have it right here. 76. I put a my Surface 2, my Microsoft Surface RT, yeah. is now my weather station down here. So it currently <laughs> says 76 and clear. The real feel is 79, 66 percent humidity. It is gorgeous out there right now. Yeah. Clear skies. So you've you're doing the right thing. Well, remind everyone. Don't forget about the Patreon link again. Boo to Amazon. Boo. Amazon is evil. Although I just bought some stuff from them today. Uh, you can head out to the theaverageguy.tv. Click on the Patreon link if you want to support it. We have one and five dollar plans. No schemes going on here, and you don't have to use Bitcoin. It's just it's real American dollars, one and four, whatever. If you want to, uh, if you want to participate in a, in uh, in supporting the show, we also want to let you know if you've got some questions. I told you earlier if you if you want to disagree with me on something, or you got some you want to add, and that's always okay. I love the, I love a good I love a good uh, I love some good feedback. Jim at theaverageguy.tv or ping me on Twitter at Jay Collison. Hey, how do we find uh, so how do we find you on Twitter, or yeah. what's a good email address for you, Edward? So my email is e w e n i g e r at alpha 
alphabtc.com. But you can find us at alphabtc.com, Twitter, alphabtc, Facebook, alphabtc. So, yeah. Good stuff. And the one and only, just a reminder, the one and only Bitcoin ATM in the city of yes. Omaha at Jones yes. Brothers. Soon Super to be, good we coffee. Finally have, we finally have, um, I'm supposed to have uh, signed paperwork very soon to get the second one uh, launched. So, yes. What to, can you yeah. disclose the location or is that still secret? It's going to be in Lincoln, but I'm not going to say yeah. where yet. Okay, good. Well, good. Yeah. There'll be one down there when I make my trip down to Lincoln and I need to get a burger. I can just take out some <laughs> $10 out of the Bitcoin ATM. And yep. how does that work? Could you, can I take, can I just, can I treat it like an ATM that way yeah, or I shouldn't? Yeah, you could, if you have Bitcoin on your phone, you just send it to the ATM and it will give you $10. Yeah. Nice. Or you can put it in $10. Yep. All right. Sounds sounds good. Sounds good. Congratulations on a second ATM. And if you're in Omaha and you want to see the ATM, Joins Brothers has great coffee and really good cupcakes. And so if you want to stop by there, it's right in our Exarbin, what's called Exarbin Village. Great. Just a great location here in the city of Omaha. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv both platform web hosting uh, is provided by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting. And I really optimize for podcasters. From people you know and you trust, of course, you know that's Christian. We're back on Cyber Frontiers. In fact, we did one last night. We did a live demo of creating a honeypot. And so if you're interested in that, I'm still editing it right now. We There were some numbers that showed up on the screen that needed to be blurred out. And so I'm still in the midst of that process right now. But uh, Christian helped me with that. It's going to be the next Cyber Frontiers, probably out this weekend. But if you're interested in that web hosting, maplegrovepartners.com plans start as little as $10. And Christian's super reasonable and really wants to keep it in our community. So if you're interested in doing that, let him know. Don't forget about the app. Let me thank LastPass for their sponsorship of that. Um, and they've been good friends of the show as well. You can get that at homegadgetgeeks.com. We're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the Average Guy TV Live. We'll do a few minutes of post-show as it gets darker on Edward over there. And uh, and with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody. Good night.